Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you all had a great week. We have been in the past four days now in excessive heat. It has been very warm and hot. Uh, some rain which has kind of cooled things down but we're hitting numbers that are like oof, like over 100, 110 and it's been like really toasty toasty. So I mean you could pray for people in Texas especially because we're having it like in big areas too it's not just like one small area but yeah so it's been pretty warm uh, i just wanted to share with you guys we decided that we i believe i said we pulled out of the house but we are going to try to do a four month lease with the current uh apartment that we're at and and this whole episode today is actually kind of in regards about that perspective of everything that kind of went um you know during that time we, you know, we were trying to buy this house, but we both kind of opened up about maybe a week ago and got really honest with each other. And we both kind of felt the same thing that we were just forcing ourselves to buy this house. We were forcing ourselves to try to figure out a way to get to Hillsborough. And the more we kept thinking about saying out loud to each other, it didn't feel right just to do that. It didn't feel right that that was the only reason we were trying to get to Hillsborough is because we believed we had to get to Hillsborough. And I started reaching out to people and just asking advice. I even asked the pastors group I'm a part of on Facebook. And it started to kind of see a common theme that popped up. My one friend um, that I talked to once in a while uh, I love his wisdom, and I appreciate him. He's part of the gaming community I'm a, I'm a part of. Older guy, uh, but definitely someone who has a lot of wisdom, even though he would say he doesn't, but he does. God gives him the wisdom. And uh, he had pointed out while I was sharing with him, you know, all the stuff that's been going on and how I've been feeling and just the frustrations and the confusion. He said this. He said, peace, be still. I know that I am God. He goes, I don't know why, but that's that's the words that God is telling me to tell you. And it got me going in through this whole cycle because in the pastor's group, that's something similar. It got thrown at me. Those like a bunch of people kind of said the similar stuff. And then the reminder of one of the verses or verses that we're going to be talking about is in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And also Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. Because those are verses that God had given me for, I don't know, since I was in my early 20s. And those verses have always stuck to my mind. And for many years, I always remind myself, remind myself, but a lot of times when I get to these situations like this, where it's a big deal, big decision making, trying to, trying to figure out God, I forget what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, when my friend said, be still and know that I'm God, that's from Psalms 46, 10. And I, I always forget that when we desire peace, and understanding we also don't wait it's hard because we have this unknown road ahead even though God may give us a plan or a direction or a desire we still don't know that road ahead it's unknown it's unknown to us not to God because God God has his full plan and all he's asking us is just to trust him follow to obey and i know i've said this before but saying it and not realizing i wasn't necessarily doing it are two different things because in my mind i thought i was doing that but 
in my actions, in my my voice, in my choices, in my heart, everything was like trying to collectively come together and push an outcome that I believed is what God was trying to do, but I wasn't feeling at peace about it. It all came down to like, because of the similar theme, it came down to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but we're going to read Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. Well, yeah. So it says, my son, do not forget my teachings. Let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. A lot of times people always think it says path. But it actually says paths. Plural. Do not wise sorry be not wise in your own eyes fear the lord and turn from evil it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones proverbs 3 5 and 6 has always been that one section because it says trust in the lord with all your heart it says don't lean on your own understanding acknowledge him in all your ways and then he'll make the straight your paths I have always ran to that most of my life. In this situation, I really did not do it that well. All my life, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cop at one point. I wanted to do an NFL football player, which, you know, I was a very good football player, but that was in the path. <clears throat> and then when that wasn't kind of going in that direction. So I was like, Oh, I'll be a football coach. Cause I wanted to really help men, you know, the young, young men, you know, teenagers and even in even young boys to, to like help them to grow up, to be men. And I wanted to be good men and godly men that door closed. And then I was going to be an architect. Cause I had this, a big idea plan that, Hey, I'll be an architect that I can design churches or homes for pastors and and their members and designed for them things that would be useful not only for their family but as a ministry that you need and not have to make it and like don't make them have to spend so much money to do it they find people that are willing to do deals with these people who you know now going through what i've been going through i understand why it's very hard and seeing how like my interest has to be so high when it doesn't really have to like there's no peace in that from the human standard of getting getting a good home and spending you know having to spend less money because you don't want to have such a ridiculous mortgage you know god really you know showed me a lot of things and, and also kind of threw back reminders but and once again that door kind of closed i did drafting for four years but through that time I understood the, the desire for ministry. However, I still try to do something else. I try to get into psychology until, like I told you not too long ago, the professor told me that basically you have the heart for counseling. You have a love for people. However, I don't think it's in psychology. And I remember just kind of like, okay, 
She's like, I, I don't think you're supposed to be a psychiatrist. I don't think this is, I don't think you're going in the right path. And, you know, the feeling that she was getting was really God trying to steer me and say, you know, you'll get the counsel. It's just not going to be as a psychiatrist. And I'm like, yeah, but this is the best way. And God's like, no, that's what you want. Are you willing to do what I want? And once again, it goes that unknown road. I said, okay, you know, I'll go into get into ministry. And then in my mind, once again, it goes back to that trying to understand what it means to trust without trying to kind of create your own understanding. Because in my mind, I thought, man, okay, so we're going to go to school and we're going to get this degree and boom, you know, yeah, you know, the next step is, you know, I'll go through this whole normal journey that everybody else goes through, right? Like, that makes way more sense than, you know, going through a different path. Because, I mean, you know, I'm trusting you, Lord, you know, the school. Okay, great. So, right after I was getting close to graduating, I started looking for jobs, reaching out to churches. I came back home. So, I was thinking my home church was going to be, you know, that, you know, give me an option. You know, I was really jumping into the young adult ministry. And the, the senior pastor at time seemed to be really interested in me. But the problem was because of a false perspective of me because they never asked the door never opened and and said there was anger and hurt that came from it and i left that church and like i've told you about what happened so once again i felt frustrated confused and not understanding okay lord you know hey i thought you know i spent like six years in this church why aren't they giving me an opportunity well god had other plans and maybe Maybe I could have volunteered with um, the youth pastor at time and things would have been a little bit different because they probably would have finally asked questions, but I don't know. I stayed there for a whole year and never got anything. Went to meetings and never got a single person who seemed to have a doubt in me ask. That's on them, not me. And I had to let that go and move on. And I forgive them for what they did, but still, you know, that was a point in my life where, you know, it was very frustrating because, uh, and also it was the point of life where I realized it wasn't going to be going through the typical pastor's route. And yeah, so, you know, I remember telling my 16 year old self saying that I would never be a pastor. And I remember when I finally, you know, heard in 2002, God calling me, I still was still trying to compromise, you know, and I told you guys this. You know, God gave me those verses during that time, and I and I followed them quite clearly. And I even had Isaiah fifty-five, eight, and nine, where the other verses that God gave. And even though the the chapter is talking about how the wicked should see him, and you know if they would just turn back to him, the idea that God had me focus on in verse eight and nine is because it says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways," declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. And and, and the first part, you know, the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 verses were part of my life. When this came part of that sequence of verses that became my life verses, I realized the other part of faith means that a lot of times what I want may not be what he wants. The way I would do it 
may not be the way he would do it. And the truth is, what it helped me understand too is I had to spend more time understanding God's word. I had to spend more time understanding what it meant to love God, what it meant to serve God. And even though I was young, I still was learning. I still was, I, I know I didn't have the answers I would have today. Like I wish I could go back and tell him, hey, don't do the drafting. You know, jump into ministry, go find a school and just go. But at the same time, during those times, uh, you know, those years, I did youth ministry and I did young adult ministry and I served and I followed God. And he taught me, he trained me, he discipled me, he mentored me. And I even remember, like, even the jobs I got, you know, at the different places, the impact I had in those people that I met. See, sometimes what we think should be the way, God needs us to focus on other things so that we have a better understanding of what his plan is for us. Because sometimes the unknown road that we see there's a reason why the paths go the way that they go to the straight point. That's why I encourage you guys to ask God about everything. This is why I encourage you guys to make sure that what you're doing right now is of God and not of yourself. See, I'd forgotten these verses while I was going through while my wife and I were trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? Like, that was the only thing that was like feeding our minds and our heart is how are we going to get to Hillsborough? Let's take this other apartment. As much as it seemed like it would be a perfect setup. It was clearly telling us to be at peace. Wait. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to just stay? And let me prepare. And in our minds, we're struggling because it's like, oh, Lord, it's been a year. And technically, it's been since 2021 that we've been wanting things to kind of happen. It's been, and now it's 2023. Um, you know, I still had to wait a year because I still didn't have all the IRS stuff come through. So it was kind of like we finally got things coming through. And it's like, okay, Lord, no, boom, you know, let's, let's, let's get happening. Let's get going. And boom, you know, it still feels like behind so it feels like things aren't coming together and it started getting really frustrating because we we know where we're supposed to go but it, it just seems like we're trying to literally rip the door open to get in and he had us take a step back once again take that step back we had to stop and, and evaluate and we have the space here. Uh, the managers here are way better than what they were before. And they've been dealing with things and fixing things. And like it, it can be a peaceful place, even though it feels like there's so many people, so many demonic problems in this community. And yet we can't reach out to them because they all hide in their homes. So all we could do is pray for them just is hard to reach such a closed world but it helps us understand that it's going to be kind of like that with some people and we we do our best to reach out but you know 
it, it's it's only if they're willing to speak. But anyway, um, I, I think a lot of times what we do with this unknown roads ahead and all the questions that go through our head is that we try, we try to take control. We try to control the situation. We try to gain power over the situa situation. We try to direct God in what we think the path is supposed to be. None of my trip to becoming a pastor has been normal. None of it. Like I always say, most people have 15, maybe even 20 years by this age. By the time they're my age, they've been... Uh, paid pastors for this long I have not most of my life has been volunteering most of my life has been at other jobs is where I ministered where I pastored where I reached people you see the thing is as believers that's what we're supposed to be doing your job is your ministry home is your ministry your community is your ministry your neighbor is your ministry these are the things that God taught me through those years that I think most most people can say they didn't really learn that being at church as a pastor as much as I hear the pastors who also work or have to work you see, you don't, I, I don't think the answer is that we shouldn't pay for our pastors. I think we should. I, I'll be honest. I think a pastor should be taken care of by his church and any, any pastor that's part of your church. But that's where you need to think about what is it that we really need from our ministry side. Do we need to have 17 staff members or do we just need smaller churches that can take care of their communities? That's all part of the thinking process of what I've gone through. I've seen how big churches have lots of money only because they have lots of people. But I've also seen how it also doesn't really minister as well as a smaller church who has ministering pastors. But I've also seen smaller churches who become too secluded and only think of themselves and aren't very open to the community also. You see, my trip, my journey, has taught me a lot of different things. It's taught me uh, how sometimes pastors have become self-prideful and desirable of themselves, only wanting their education, wanting to be loved and liked by everybody. And when someone comes in who is taking away that fame from them or taking that, that desire from people to go to him, need to get rid of that person because they're getting in the way of their glory when that person or those other pastors don't desire glory they're just ministering they're doing what they they're supposed to be doing something's, something's wrong guys but this is where you guys come in those of you that aren't pastors, you, you are supposed to be the leaders and God has a plan for you and trusting in him and understanding that his thoughts are not your thoughts and his ways are not your ways. 
he has a plan. And if you're willing to surrender everything, bending it to his will, because there is no set formula of what faith is supposed to look like or what trust is supposed to look that is just loving God first, trusting in his truth and living out his ways. Let him lead and you follow. Are you willing to do that? Let's take a quick break for, and then we'll have the second half right after. See you then. Hey Warriors, welcome back to the second half of the episode. And we're talking about trust and faith and understanding by the unknown road we have ahead, we have to allow him to lead and we are to follow, right? So yet even in faith and trust, there's still something that we have to be doing and that's protecting our hearts and our mind. When things seem so uncertain, we begin to test outside the faith for answers. Number one thing that can happen is we start chasing after worldly ideologies. We start trying to find ways to be more spiritual so that we can feel connected to God. Other times we think we can just get more involved in church activities and, and just kind of not waste our time, but fill it with good answers. While other people may start chasing after the delights of sin because that's why in proverbs 3 3 through 5 and 6 remember how we were just talking about those well if you go to verse 7 it states it would be not wise in your own eyes fear the lord turn away from evil so there is more to understanding trust and not just only asking him to have full control of your life and every choices that you make wisdom comes from fearing god Fearing God is respecting his sovereignty, his lordship, his kingship, basically who he is, his holiness, loving his word, trusting in him, praying daily, being in his word so that we don't do evil. Because a lot of times when we start getting more frustrated and confused, when we start seeking out things outside of God's word, we start indulging ourselves in things that we shouldn't. We become more angry. We become more resentful, God. We allow our anger to start steering us to all these other forms of ideology and beliefs and the scriptures that aren't true by interpretation by men and women who think they know better because they want to be progressive. They want to be more updated. They want to be more modern or technically postmodern. So we get caught up in that because man, looks like they seem to have figured it all out. But remember when we start chasing after things of the world, we're going to start becoming like the world. We always point out and say, where was God? Where was God? Why wasn't he there? Why do I feel so alone? But then when you start asking the right questions, <clears throat> How often do you pray? How often do you spend time in God's word? How often do you spend time with other believers? 
Do you take what you hear and do it? Do you pray for your enemies? Do you act on the truth? Or do you try to find other things to kind of make you feel spiritual? God's never left us. Been there the whole time. That's why we need to be careful of what we hear. Because if it's not of Christ, we're not supposed to obey it or follow it. Now, Colossians 2, 8 through 10 have always been another set of verses that I've always stood, stood by, especially when I went to Regent University. But we're going to start in verse 6. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ as your Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Recognizing who God is, recognizing what Christ has done for you, and now you're you're rooting yourself into him. That means you're building a foundation. You can't get that if you're chasing after the world, and you're filling yourself with the world, and you're chasing after the world. That's why it says, and established in the faith. Verse 8, 9, 10 are the verses that I've held strong to because it states, See to it that no one takes you captive by the philosophy and empty deceit. Now, I want you to understand that there is a, the ideologies that go on, they're like philosophy. Okay? They're like a forms of philosophy or an empty deceit. So, in other words, um, philosophy is kind of like getting you to rethink things to make you think differently. So today you might hear the word deconstruction. You might hear progressive to be more progressive. Like Christians should be more progressive. You also might hear, oh, well, you know, that's not really how the word is interpreted. Look, the H, the LGBTQ community, this is a new thing. This is something that we're supposed to accept. Oh, abortion, you know that, you know, yeah, that's their body. So we're not supposed to tell people how to take care of their bodies. You know that, yeah, it's a baby. He'll be in heaven. It's okay because, you know, they're choosing what they need for themselves. Or the self-help community. You need to find that deep spiritualism inside. You need to find that inner peace. You need to find God there. God will be there. God will show you how to be just like him because he will make you be just like him. All you have to do is just follow this path that I'm telling you is the best path. You know, it's modalism. And you see the, the thing is, then it says, according to human traditions, according to elemental spirits, because there is traditions that are in the church that we have been following that aren't really biblical because it's by direction of men to say that it is biblical by the standard by which they believe is the right standard. For example, for me growing up, um, well, my teen life, all music outside of hymnal music is evil or blue jeans is of the devil. 
Or if you don't wear a suit, tie, and pants, then you're not wearing God, you know, your best for God. Or all women should wear skirts. Or, um, you know, we shouldn't indulge ourselves in the world at all. We should just hide ourselves, you know, where we're at and, you know, keep ourselves away. Well, you no, know, the scripture tells us not to be of the world, but it does not say to not be around it, like in the sense of preaching and teaching and reaching the lost. Because I reached more people by my secular jobs than I did when I was in youth group and they're teaching us how to go and tell people about Jesus. And that got me, that is what, what taught me to do is network, talk to people, just make a comment to someone say, Hey, no, I, I love that mustache. It's awesome. And then, or, Hey, that shirt's pretty cool. Or, you know, even to the, like the, a lot of the young people, like, you know, we've made friends with a couple of young people at the coffee shop. Why? Because we started a conversation, which then in return, they return conversation. You see, that's the thing. We have forgotten how to reach our community. We have forgotten what it means to be an active person in the community. You know, the church was the center of community at one point. Now it's just a thing you do, a tradition to just go to church. And so people just go to church out of tradition, not out of what they're supposed to be doing, getting in fellowship, praying together, um, serving one another and teaching one another, discipling. My wife noticed, I uh, got this book and she noticed that I got the guy I was mentioning that the word Christian is only identified maybe twice in scripture. But the word discipling, there's hundreds. I want that to sink in a little bit as we continue. Okay. Um, it says in verse nine, for in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. In verse 10, you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. I want you to understand that when these ideologies are coming in, they're pulling you away from the who is in authority, which is Jesus Christ. Because what you'll start seeing is they start rewriting or re-imaging Christ as a brand of some type that isn't biblical, but fits the agenda, right? And this is why it's so important when you are feeling confused, frustrated, when you are like unknown, like, I don't know what to do, Lord. You know, you said I'm supposed to be doing this, but things aren't working out. You got to be careful not to be pulled into all that. Quote, unquote, give you a direction. Which is why I've made mention Jesus was not an activist. See, the reason why we chase after activistic like ideology is because we want to feel useful. We want to feel like we have a purpose, but we have forgotten our purpose. We have forgotten that we're supposed to be teaching the truth. We've forgotten that part of teaching truth means being involved in our community, not separating ourselves. You've forgotten that it also means I'm supposed to live out my life godly. Not just be a hearer, but a doer. And you might be hearing repeats of me saying all this stuff because guess what? It's all connected. With that unknown road ahead, the best thing that we can do, how can we get on the right track? Spending time in God's word. 
following God's word, living out God's word, studying God's word, praying together in fellowship, well, praying and in fellowship, spending time with other believers and believers who are walking with the Lord. So not just because someone has, you know, I'm a Christian, but you watch and they're very spiritual and they're very into like these like weird ideologies and they're promoting activism, they're promoting progressive thinking, then they're not going to encourage you to walk the walk. They're taking you into that false, deceitful ideology that's out there. If they're teaching you biblically, and they're showing you a path that you're supposed to be going in that fits and aligns with the scriptures. Amen. Because remember, who is over your heart and mind if you allow him? God is. And he'll give you answers. He'll give you that straight path. He will show you his ways and his thoughts on things. But sometimes when he is being silent and not really answering you, and so you're trying to force things to happen, it's because he's trying to do something and he's asking you to stop. Be still. Be at peace. Let me do what I'm trying to do. And I understand. He's going to understand that you, you if you're willing heart, you want to do what he's asking you to do, be patient. Because sometimes... In the time of silence, there's several things that are going on. One, he is preparing. Okay, so preparing is something that we may not see with our own eyes, but he has to do for us to be able to go there and to be more set. Right. Second thing, during the time of waiting, because I know there's some guys that are like, man, you know, I want to serve God. I want to be a better man. I want to do. There's training. You know, if you're like, you know, I'm going to go and be the best skier for the Winter Olympics, you're not just going to jump onto skis and be an, and be an expert. There's, there's a time of training, studying, growing. So if you're asking, you know, I want to be a better man, well, work at it. It takes time. Well, my sins keep coming back that I keep been struggling with my sins. Have you removed things out of your life? cleanse your mind, cleanse your heart, to allow you to not be tempted because you still allow things there to, to tempt you. Well, um, you know, he told me I was going to do this. Okay. I've been waiting since 2002 to get to this point. How many years is that? 21 years. Back then I didn't understand it all, but 2002 is when he called me and then he put me on a journey you see we don't know the big picture you remember like i had mentioned it's like a puzzle where god has the picture box he knows what the whole picture is going to look like but he gives you a piece at a time it's going to take time to grow it's going to take time to teach you and the third thing is you need to prepare you want to be a better man, better husband, a better uh, father. You know, Father's Day was yesterday, so happy Father's Day to all of you. Sometimes I don't think about it because all I say is Father's Day to my dad and my, my wife's dad, and that's about it because um, uh, I don't have kids myself. But if you want to be better of all that, work at it. 
study, pray. Number one thing I always tell guys, and that would be number four, is pray, 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 pray. Because you see, there is a point in our lives where prayer is the vital piece. Where does all of that come from? Well, for me, the idea of I do have, um, so let me go back slightly. So Isaiah 50, 58, 11, almost at 55, 58, 11 states this. And the Lord will guide you continually, satisfy your desires in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like water garden, a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. <clears throat> I want that to stick in your head. Because the, the thing is, when we're waiting, trying to find answers, when we're so focused on the what ifs and things aren't happening and I'm frustrated, I don't understand, I'm failing, I'm falling apart, things aren't working out, we forget that that's what the scar scorch places concept on this verse, that God is the one we're supposed to focus on. Because if we remember the woman at the well, right? If we go to uh, John 4, 13 through 15, or Jesus, or she kind of speaking to Jesus, and he says to her, he says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. And he's talking about the well water, so real water. He goes, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring, not interesting, of water welling up to eternal life. Woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Remember in Isaiah, Isaiah 58, sorry if I was away from my mic, it says a little bit in the second half, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So the depiction is Christ. If he is not the head of your family, if he's not the head of your life, not the head of your choices, you're going to have times. It's kind of like having the cup where you pour water in it and you could fill it up to the rim, but then when you need to share with other people, you pour from that cup all around, right? And then what happens to the water inside the cup? It runs dry again. Okay, now I gotta fill it back up again. And so you kind of start noticing that your energy levels go up and down and you're never really full because when things are going good, that's when you really spend more time with God and prayer and, and growing. But then when things get bad, you stop doing it. And you're like, where did God go? Why am I never full? You see, when we start focusing on God all the time and we start trying to put him back again, you know, as the head and, and, and surrendering our whole life and he is the one I go to for all the questions and and I go to to help me make good decisions and then he brings suddenly you know those people around you to kind of give you advice and thoughts and then suddenly he like gives you verses that kind of are like working out for this and then suddenly you kind of start noticing kind of answers that are kind of coming out or like doors are suddenly just like open and suddenly this one door you thought was going to be open is closed but this other door is now open and you're like whoa, whoa I didn't notice that before what's going on you see, when you start focusing on him, you start taking your mind off of the problems or trying to figure out the answer. But then what's happening to your cup is that it's overflowing. 
And you ever, you know, you ever seen those wine setups where they have pour the wine on the top and it pours over and starts filling up all the other cups. That's basically what starts happening when you start really focusing on God. When you start putting him first in your decisions, when you go to his word, when you spend time in prayer, when you're up with other believers who are also helping you walk with the Lord. That unknown road ahead starts kind of being clearer, straighter. And you can start seeing something. Because you, what it starts doing, it starts overflowing in the time of waiting. It starts overflowing to all the people around you. Head of your home, that means your wife. You have kids, your kids. At work. Your neighbor. Your community. Because you're starting to take what you're supposed to be doing and living it so now you're not hoarding a cup of water for yourself you're letting it overflow into other people's cups but it starts with putting God first we need to be more mindful when we're in this point of unknown roads it may look like a desert road ahead where everything is unclear and it doesn't seem to be working. God is doing things for us. Sometimes we need to stop trying to run through the desert all by yourself, trying to make things happen, trying to force work to happen, trying to force relationships to happen. Stop trying to force uh, opportunities to happen. Stop be at peace. Be okay where you're at. Learn. Grow. Seek out answers from God. Have him teach you. And he will. He will do things. And he will bring people in your life that will give you the wisdom you need to hear when you're most confused. Because you asked. Hope this will be an encouraging episode. It, it was for me, the reminder and a re-lesson. And God is always teaching. Even if you've learned this lesson once before, it is always good to be reminded because sometimes you forget, like I did. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask you to bless the men and even the women that might be listening. Remind them of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Remind them of Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. Let them understand that trusting in you sometimes is a, it may be hard. It may be like a desert. It may be unknown. It may be like, I, I, I'm just confused. But remind them, Lord, that trusting you is not a set formula. It's understanding that in all their ways, you put, they put you first. In all their ways, they acknowledge you. And that they need to understand that your ways are not always going to be what they think it is. Sometimes the way that you have planned is not the, the, the straight line they thought. It's the other straight line that they didn't think of. Because you know what's best. And we need to surrender that. We need to be at peace with that. And even though 
it's frustrating because as time passes, we want to serve, we want to love, we want to do what's best. Sometimes you need to train, teach, and grow us a little bit more. Sometimes, you know, even as the gardener works on the flower that he loves, sometimes he does have to prune, he has to trim, he has to, you know, just let it grow a little bit longer before he puts it in the contest. And we need to understand that. Let let today be the day that men understand the meaning of surrendering their whole life to your will. Um understanding what it means to completely trust you without trying to figure it all out and understanding that if there is silence this is the time for them to grow and learn themselves to go study but be prepared be preparing like any sports game you can't just jump in you have to be some form of preparation and i pray lord that today men will surrender to you trust you obey you do what they need to be doing right now and understand that the unknown path ahead, the unknown road ahead, you will open up doors when they are ready. Just as you will open doors for my wife and I when you are ready and we are ready. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll all be blessed and have a great week and I'll see you next time.